Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Major's Well. Hey, Majors. Welcome back to the show and a happy new year. So, just before we start, a little bit of a heads up. On the 15th of January, it is the Major's Well second birthday. So, I've decided to do a very special episode for that week that will be launching at the usual time of Wednesday 5pm at UK time, which falls on the 12th, so not quite the 15th for the actual birthday, but hey, we'll celebrate it early. It's an episode not to miss and my lips are sealed. But this week, I've got something a little bit different to kick off the new year. You might remember that I was invited to the London Podcast Festival by my friends from the Honey and the Hex podcast, Tatum and Tansy. Well, that recording has just been made available, and I've put a little teaser here. I decided to speak about the folklore from where I grew up, the Isle of Man. There's some really famous local tales, as well as some obscure ones, tales around strange creatures from the island, including the Fae, and also a local god and some malicious spirits. Without further ado, here is the recording, and I hope you enjoy. Hi everyone. Hello. Hey. Thanks for coming. 
So this is a live recording of Honey and the Hex, and we're sisters exploring the origins, traditions, and intersections of folklore. And we look back through the centuries at folklore, but also try and see where those stories lie today. And also, folklore is obviously always being created in the present moment, so we look at that as well. And we've always been quite... Witchy, weird. but <laughs> weird. Yeah, from a very young age, and I guess we didn't actually know that we were already. It was witchcraft and it was folklore when we were younger. So then, as we've got older and we've explored that more, we thought, okay, we really want to delve into our roots in English and Scottish folklore. And then, as we're learning, we thought, why not bring people along to learn with us as we go? And we're just aiming to bring it in a digestible, accessible, and inclusive way. Yeah, exactly. I think when you're learning stuff, it's easier to learn when you're sharing it with everyone. So, yeah. And it's more beautiful as well. And because we've been fans of uh, folklore and horror uh, films and podcasts for so long, mm. I think we were like, do you know what? There's definitely a space for us. Yes. Because a lot of it was very Americanized, quite male heavy. And we were like, do you know what? We're going to tell our own stories. And because we are able to travel to these places in the UK and we can describe what we're seeing and we can tell these stories of these women particularly more authentically mm. and yeah that's that's why we started it basically yeah and I think even the UK podcasts th there's more popping up now but we did find that it was quite old hat and like older white men and we wanted to make sure that we were prioritizing women and marginalized um, yeah. genders. And even in the male stories that we do, we wanted to make sure that we were looking at the women around us. There's no men without women. So. True, true, <laughs> true, true. And um, yeah, and I think, you know, like even though historically women obviously have had a hard run and marginalized genders have, but we face those truths and talk about that, but also look at the complexities of them. So like, who were they? What did they enjoy? Like more than just their trauma. So we yeah. hope to keep bringing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I guess we, we really started this as well because we've always been witches, really. Yeah. We, our mum, <laughs> she's a bit of a wild one. <laughs> um, she is an aromatherapist. So she would always have, like she would used to douse us with essential oils and like we would literally be soaked, like literally. <laughs> sodden yeah. uh, like covered in all these essential oils and we used to make concoctions and mm -hmm. we used to do we used to do that all the time and she would try and put like an entire uh, bottle of lavender in a diffuser at night to get us to sleep but alongside that she put on a really chaotic musical theater soundtrack oh yeah <laughs> so you had like lavender but then you had like joseph and his amazing technicolor dream coat like, it really explains out. a lot I it think. really it really explains a lot about who we yeah. are today so. and like from a young age we had sleepy i don't know if anyone's watched sleepy hollow Okay, yeah. So we had that on repeat. So like watching heads being decapitated from a very early age. <laughs> but then also like, yeah, the musicals, Little yeah. Shop of Horrors. So yeah. And our mum's favourite film is The Wicker Man, the 1971. Obviously, I'm not going to mention the other one because there's no point. But um, yeah, our, our, um, our, it's her favourite film. And she used to make us watch it a lot as children. Mm. So yeah, that explains a lot. Like, because she sings a lot of Scottish folk songs as well, because we're quarter Scottish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it, it's like the mixture of horror and musical that's really that's really what we're about. Yeah, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I'm allowed to swear. In this. Um, yeah, I think as well. We've always had kind of a strained relationship with our mum for a lot of reasons, but 
that is something that she did give us, mm -hmm. that sort of connection to culture and folklore that we can really appreciate. And we were always, you know, naked, always had crystals around us. Yeah, actually we, we had crystals as toys. Like we, we had, oh, we had yeah. dolls. We, like a lot of people were playing dolls. We were like pretending to get sucked into Jumanji. And oh, like and we had a Hansel and Gretel um, house at yeah. the bottom of our garden, yeah. which I love. Hansel and Gretel is one of my favorite tales because it's about sibling solidarity, so. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like kind of a bit dark as well. So yeah, but yeah, we play play with crystals. Yeah, I actually even really severely injured Tatum with a crystal, and I'm not talking. It was an amethyst, but I'm not talking like you know those little uh, polished tumble stones. It wasn't that. It was a big, spiky, girthy amethyst. And yeah. I just chucked it at her head. Just chucked yeah, it. Yeah, and we were really young. <laughs> yeah, we must have been under five, and we were sat in the hallway waiting to go to school in our school uniform, and Tansy was just like grabbing some like some little ones out of the bowl and just chucking them and I was just like obviously looking at her like what are you doing and then she literally went and grabbed the massive crystal <laughs> like with spikes on chucked it in my head mum came rushing out chaotic um picked me up ran out into the street my head was bleeding split open like help help honestly I'm you're very very lucky that I'm a forgiving Pisces because <laughs> I let go of oh, that I'm sorry about that I, okay now I have witnesses I've apologized yes. I say I say sorry but I think I might have like cut a bit of magical talent into you with <laughs> with that crystal so I am a you're bit psychic welcome. thanks for yeah, yeah. Sti stitches and trauma and um some yeah. psychic powers but yeah exactly <laughs> we'll take it <laughs> But yeah, we were really influenced by our mum and mm -hmm. she didn't actually, we, until we started identifying as witches, she never said she was a witch, but now we say we're witches and now every single day she'll call me, she's like, well, I've planned Yule um, and every single cake she yeah. makes has like a really questionable pentagram like baked onto it and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, even even when we were younger, she would, she'd use a pendulum to find lost things in her house. Which for people who don't know, it's like, it's a chain with a crystal on the bottom of it yeah you ask it like binary questions exactly so it would like yes clockwise no anti-clockwise but she would just use it to like find her items in the house so she'd go oh, yeah. around the house swinging this pendulum like are my shoes in here like just really really chaotic yeah <laughs> a a any question that needed to be answered it was with the pendulum yeah. wasn't it and even to this very day like, I got stuck in Leicester at Christmas um for, I think it was the fiftieth lockdown, mm -hmm. and we made it back to Leicester for Christmas. And I got stuck there, which was great with my mum. And um, and we were watching Escape to the Country. It was like eight pm, glass of wine. She literally jolted up, ran over to the other side of the room, started swinging the pendulum. I was like, "What on Escape to the Country? Like triggered that? Like I I need to know. Yeah, <laughs> will I have this home? <laughs> will I own this? Yeah, she's a lot. She's yeah, a lot. she is a, a wild ride for mm. anyone who's met her. So yeah. yeah. So there was that, and I think as well she probably got a lot of her witchy side from our granny her mum because when we go to stay with her in Stamford there were angel it was very different like I think we're more attracted to some of the darker magic but um, our granny would always have angel cards she introduced us to like guardian angels and there was actually a lot of death in our family very early on so we were always aware of like spirits living amongst us and energy and things like that and so uh, I remember it was my granny who actually taught me, you know, when a spirit comes in the room, just say, you're not welcome here. Can you please leave? And, you know, just those little things that you take on throughout your life as you grow up. Mm -hmm. And one time, I think because of the trauma, my timeline of age is like really, really like messed up. But I remember being really young. So that's all I can say. And you, we were on granny's bed with our cousin 
And we were talking about our Auntie Hetty, who we lost. And she was really special to us because she was with us every single day. She lived in Leicester as well. And we were talking about her. And this was a big house, like a big old house. It's like a, like a grade two listed building yeah. as well. It's creepy. And Stamford is pretty spooky anyway. Yeah. And then all the lights in the house went out <laughs> all at once. And obviously we were just like freaking out. And our granny was like, it's just Hetty letting us know that, um, yeah. that she's listening. So... Yeah. It was always just like a known thing that like there was that, that they just made it like spirits were normal to be around. Yeah, us. So exactly. I remember one time actually granny did my angel cards. So we do tarot. So but granny stuck to like more angel cards. And I don't know how you'd really describe those. They're a bit more, they're a bit, bit lighter. A bit, bit lighter, I bit guess. A bit more oracle mm -hmm. if that's a... <laughs> um, so we, uh, she took me up right to the top of top of her room because um, she lived on the top of the house for some reason. Love separate bedrooms. Never live with a man. And um, and she would do my cards and she turned one around. She was like, ah, oh no! And I was like, what? And she was like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. I was like, like freaking out. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to die or something? <laughs> she was like, mm. no, it's fine. So I still don't know if that oh no is coming for me. So I live in fear every day. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I should. Uh, <laughs> maybe You're okay, hon. <laughs> you know what? Tansy does always have the three of swords that jump out whenever she has a reading and they keep, it just keeps coming. So you obviously aren't actually addressing something, addressing something. But anyway, we won't have a therapy session, <laughs> session on the stage. Sorry. That's um, for another podcast. But yeah, I think for us, like we, we see a lot in like the spiritual world, a lot of that, um, love and light wellness warriors. And obviously it's good to bring, um, positive energy into your life, but sometimes it can be like quite toxic positivity. And I think we've really learned to embrace the darkness, confront the shadow, and especially with doing this podcast as well, because sometimes it's hard to know what it means to be British. And yeah. there's a lot not to be proud of, like a lot of folklore linked to colonialism and white supremacy. And so for us, it, it's, it can be very uncomfortable, but it's good. You have to sit in that discomfort and look at history and see how we can confront that, but also where it lies today and where can we reimagine folklore? Where can we adapt it to make sure that it is more inclusive, that yeah. it does fit into our present day as well? Yeah. And so we've really been on that journey and this has taught us a lot um, about, yeah, about sitting in that discomfort and just hashing it out as we go. Mm -hmm. And also it is the stories of working class people. Mm. So, you know, these were the interesting people. You didn't have the aristocrats being all interesting. Like it was the farmers that found the ghosts. It was, you know, so it's really mm. interesting. So it's nice to be the people talking about the people, but reimagining <laughs> <laughs> re it in a, uh, yeah, a more uh, progressive lens. So, yes. yeah, exactly. And I think we can all agree that when you hear people's stories, that is a way that where you can find empathy, because if somebody has a very different reality than you when you connect over someone's personal story then you can find connection you can find empathy so yeah and we are from Leicester so <laughs> doing this podcast as well um yeah it gave us an opportunity to really delve into that as well because to be honest we weren't that sorry shade on Leicester but we weren't that <laughs> proud of coming from Leicester there wasn't much going on for us so it was really good to and we um we looked at some of that and we came across so this is Black Anis. uh she's a blue-faced hag 
Um, and she has iron she claws, and she's actually really talented with these claws because she carved herself a cave in the Dane Hills of Leicester. And it's wild because, you know, you don't think Leicester, you don't really think about Leicester. Like, whenever I tell anyone from London I'm from Leicester, they're like, oh, okay, never been. Um, mm. And when I was watching uh, The Insider, which is uh, one of Stephen King's HBO um, adaptations, Black Annis came up and Leicester got a shout out. So I already knew Love who it. she was, being, you know, folklorist myself. Um, but I was like, wow, that's amazing. So you can literally have like, this, you can live in the smallest place, but around you there's so much. And especially during this, these times where we haven't been able to travel so much, we found yeah. so much around us, it, like in London, in Leicester, like in Kent, like yes. everything and like, that's where an, we can get to. Sorry. Yeah, that's another thing about actually what's quite good is we can go to these places and we can see it for ourselves mm -hmm. and we can feel the energy of it. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, looking at Black Annis, like she used to put her long arms into windows, snatch children She'd skin them like rabbits, dry their skins on trees, and then she would wear them as clothing. And that is what Very I nice. wore to Pride last night. <laughs> Got ID'd for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> nice young skin. <laughs> oh. Finally. Give me the fill. It's getting dark. It's getting yeah. dark. So um, let's move on. Yeah. And she, yeah, because even le uh, windows in Leicester were built with smaller windows. Yes. So that it's, this has really, really shaped the architecture. Mm -hmm. they, she would pull them out. Not me with my bay windows asking, please take my kids. <laughs> I don't have any, but... <laughs> well, not now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Leicester does have quite a lot of interesting things. And that even when we went to Ben Edge's exhibition at the Museum of Folklore, uh, the crypt in the St. Pancreas Gallery, mm. um, he even mentioned, he even painted a picture of the Hallerton hair pie and mash scramble or something like that. I might have got that wrong. And so it is just, it's, it's just wild to see how the small... Uh, stories can travel so far and mm. I think that's beautiful and that's why we want to keep doing this yeah and it does feel like there has been a huge resurgence of folklore and the modernization and a bit more of progressive folklore so yeah thanks for joining us in the journey yes. so I think enough about us yes we've been talking for ages yeah <laughs> so we're going to invite our very special guest we've got um, Michael Moorcroft from the Majors Well so if you can uh, give him a welcome <laughs> okay, darling Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. Thank you, you all for coming. <laughs> it's really nice to see familiar faces. And uh, um, yeah, thank yeah. you. Well, well, thank you for coming. Um, I have listened to Michael's <coughs> podcast for a really long time. I actually discovered it when I was stuck in Leicester uh, last Christmas with my mum. And I only had my mum and my mum's pug. And I used to take my mum's pug out and um, it would be like snorting around. But I'd have your <laughs> podcast like calm me. Really grounding. So, really grounding, grounding yeah. Yes. The pug's a fan as well, I'm guessing. Huge Amazing. fan. Huge Amazing. fan of him, yes. Converting everyone. I love it. I love pug it. witches. We love it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much for being here. It's a surreal moment. Thank you. To it is. Thank it you. Is. I yeah. literally started the podcast cast cheapest microphone i could get my mm -hmm. hand on blanket over my head for audio quality and now here we are and it's just like oh a little bit of a bit of a level up so yeah yeah exactly literally. but i think that's the thing that's why it's quite nice to do this because it is like a next step and i think for we're quite early in the our yeah, podcast really mm -hmm. so it's so good to share this with you. Level up, level up. Yeah. <laughs> so before we are going to be journeying to the Isle of Man. Yes. But before we get into that, if you can give us an intro about who you are and the major as well. Who am I? Good question. <laughs> good question. More therapy. Yeah, more therapy. <laughs> my name is Michael. I do a little bit of modeling. I do my podcast. I wasn't actually born on the Isle of Man. I was born in Liverpool. And then I moved to the island when I was about four. And 
similar to you guys, very small mentality. Oh, that sounds really bad. <laughs> we'll small, cut that bit out. Yeah, yeah, episode. just edit that bit out. It's a small island community and it has all the connotations associated with that. And it just felt quite restricted. I was a very weird child, like you. Um, I did a lot of strange things, and my mom could probably add to those stories as well. Um, but the island was very choking sometimes. And then once I was old enough to get to uni, I applied to like all the unis that were like spread out throughout the land. Like one was in Aberdeen, one was in Hull, one was in Kent. It was like literally get me away from the Isle of Man. Um, and I did law at uni and did that for three years and then moved back for nine months and raised money. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go traveling or I'm going to move to London and start modeling. And we chose the latter. And Good choice. Yeah, it's, it's still playing out. It's still playing out. How um, do you feel doing modeling and doing something that's so it's, different? I think the modeling has always sat heavy with me because it's so shallow and superficial and face value. And it's quite limiting. Like, I... I remember when I first started, my agent was like, uh, you never talk, don't ever speak. Like, yeah. Were you silent or silenced? I was silenced, definitely. I was, <laughs> I was absolutely silenced by my agent who's supposed to have your back. Um, so yeah, it does, it definitely does conflict with me. And I actually, it's interesting because I have been interested in spirituality since I was a little kid and I was always the weird one. And I wanted to take it a bit weirder and go down the witchcraft route. And I honestly think the modeling sort of sped that up because I think witchcraft can be incredibly um, empowering. And I think modeling is so, it's a roller coaster sometimes. You know, there's good days, there's bad days. You never know what you're going to get. You're constantly waiting for that big call to change your life. And you're not really allowed to have a life around that. And you've got to have everything adaptable and last, last second sort of vibes. And I just think the, witchcraft sort of just eased that roller coaster out and sort of like made it an easier way to cope with it. So it's an interesting relationship, it really is. Um, but yeah, I started the podcast early last year. Um, th at the time, this was like the first week of January and I don't know if anyone remembers that week, but literally we had the Australian fires and I think we were on the cusp of World War Three with Iran. Um, so it was quite an intense week. It was kind of like a foreshadowing of what was to come. Um, and I went into this, um, my mate's yoga class, and I had all these like thoughts. And I was thinking about like the Australian fires. Like I remember these pictures, and the, f the flames were so high, and I was like, "This looks like hell." And I got into this yoga class and just like had like a breakdown. I just thought, like, "What am I doing with my life? What, what am I doing with my voice?" Like, because the modeling. It's amazing and I love it, but like I am promoting this ideal that isn't achievable for everyone and that does sit heavy on me sometimes and it's not the most healthy and you know, you've got this, your image and your body is up for public consumption and, and therefore everyone's able to comment on it and you know, you're trying to like, you can't age and your body can't change and it's a lot happening and I was just like, what am I doing with my life? It's so um, superficial. And I had a mate that I lived with who was an actress, and she was like, you've got a good voice, you should podcast. And I was like, mm, what am I going to podcast about? This is, this is rubbish, what, what, whatever. And I dismissed it, and I'd kind of been getting more into witchcraft, and 
there's a lot of rubbish out there. There's a lot of books that I read and I was like, what, what? And I'm sure you guys must have come across it as well. There's a yeah. lot of like stuff that's like, who's, who's made money from this? Sure. You know, like, come on. Yeah. So I was kind of like, well, why don't I use my voice to actually do a podcast and talk about witchcraft, but in a really grounded, mm. practical, A, B, C, D way. And the next week we launched. And it was quite funny because I've done talks. I've gone to classes like Zoom classes over lockdown. And there was one that I went to and this lady was like, you know, people take years to plan a podcast and it can take years for it to come into fruition. I was like, oh, does it? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I literally seven days later we were launching. And I was like, I don't know where this is going to go. Let's see. Yeah. Um, and I was really scared that I wouldn't have anything to talk about. But like, it's a rabbit hole. It is literally a rabbit hole. Um, there's practical magic. There's like stuff about like protection. I've got a money episode. There was a sex magic episode. That was really fun Give to research. Give it all to us. Yeah, literally. The money and the yeah. sex. Yeah, both. <laughs> Everything. Let's have I'll it all. I'll take it. Let's have it all. It's been a while. Let's have it all. More therapy. So there's, there's that sort of side. There's like, I explored the mythology of the Zodiac because we all know that like Gemini's the twins. Um, Taurus is the bull, but why? What is the myth and the reasoning behind these symbols and what do they represent? I talk about witchy herbs and plants like mandrake and mugwort and sort of how, can you, how you can use them sometimes because some of them are absolutely deadly and I'm like, I'm not a medical professional. Please don't use this. Don't ingest it. Real content warning <laughs> yeah, on those yeah, yeah. Literally, like, you <laughs> will go blind if you eat this plant. Please don't. This is all just historical context. Buy all your herbs from Waitrose, please. Literally, yeah, yeah. Do not go <laughs> onto the Lidl, internet. I come on. We don't have the home. money for Waitrose. Sorry, it's the, only, the closest one. That was really <laughs> revealing. That was really revealing. So, yeah, we've got the, the witchy plants. I've got a bit of... Um, basic stuff like how to work with elements. I did mess up though because I realized I did an episode on human sacrifice. Just the history of it, like not how to. Um, <laughs> Which is what we're going to do today. Yeah, we're going to do a live demo. Volunteers? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> who's, who's feeling a bit rough? Um, but I, I did a human sacrifice episode before I even looked at the elements and I was like, that was a little bit like the cart before the horse, you know? So it's not... There is a plan, but we do go with the flow and it's very... I get bored easily, so I have to look at these different things, and I like to like flit about and just see what's what. Um, I look about um, like goddesses and gods, and like how to honor those and how to work with them. And I always try and frame it in a cultural way. Like I think it's really important that we approach um, things with caution and respect. We see a lot of Native American traditions taken and used, and I always, I'm always promoting the idea of just bear in mind your cultural heritage and if it's acceptable and if it's right for you to use these techniques and to honor these deities because I think spirituality should be empowering but not at the cost of other people's cultures. You know, I think we, we need this awareness and to, to be on that, that, that is a little bit of an ethos there, a little bit of a pillar of mind. So... Yeah, I think that's everything about me. I think I've spoken enough. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, me. I think we should get delved yeah. into the episode. Thank you for sharing. So, I thought I'd set the scene because no one knows where the Isle of Man is. <laughs> so, you can see here, it's not the best picture. I do apologize. <laughs> but it's here. It's right in the middle of the Irish Sea, in between Ireland and Liverpool. A population of about 85,000. It spreads faster than the speed of light. And very small island community. 
Everyone always asks me the size of the island, and I never know. I always think that's a really weird question. So I have researched it, especially for How you big guys. is it? How big is it? <laughs> it is 10 miles wide and 30 miles long. And we have our own currency. We've got our own government. Uh, <laughs> we have our own language. It's called Manx Gaelic. And to actually say the Isle of Man in Manx Gaelic is Ellen Bannon. There is a little... Um, there's a few misconceptions around it. Like when I was at uni, I did get asked a lot of strange questions. So I'm going to clear those up. We do have hospitals. We do have roads. <laughs> we do have cars. Who is asking Well, this? You know, no comment, no, no comment. You'd be surprised. You hey? would, you really would. We do have basic infrastructure. Um, it is very beautiful as well. I, I think it looks like New Zealand. Now, I've never been, but I've watched Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I've watched Lords of the Rings, so I think that's as good as good. I've been. Yeah, it's, perfect. it's accurate. One person confirms that's enough for me. <laughs> so it is, it is very beautiful. It's very quiet. Like a goose breaks loose from the farm and it makes headlines. It's that kind of place. What an icon. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and a little bit of a side note, like, you know those A-boards that they put out in front of newspaper shops? Like they display the headlines. My favorite one, well, two of my favorite ones on the Isle of Man is Man... Um, Bus timetables changed again. <laughs> and I'm just like, and then you do a quick Google search and find what's happening over the sea in Liverpool. And it's like six shot dead in gang related violence. And you're just like, what is happening? You know, it's just, it's worlds apart. And then the other one is um, literally just after New Year's, the turn of the year. Um, woman falls over drunk in street at New Year's party. And it's just like, Sorry. really, come on. <laughs> is this news? Is this headlines? So that kind of gives Depends you a little fell, bit. Yeah. <laughs> gives you a little bit of a taste as to what life is like. Um, I, I'm going to dive in with some of the folklore. And I'm going to start with how the island like mythologically formed. I find it quite interesting. Let me take you back to this map because it's probably easier to look at. So... A giant stood in Ireland, Northern Ireland, and a giant stood in Scotland. And they would always have um, fights. There was like battles for like Alpha, that kind of vibe, a little bit grim. And one day it got particularly heated and the Irish giant actually scooped up some of the earth and launched it across the sea to try and hit the Scottish giant. It's me hitting you with a crystal. L I did actually <laughs> see the comparisons when you were telling that story. I so built an island. <laughs> So this landmass fell short and landed in the middle of the sea, and hence the Isle of Man was formed. Now, I don't know if you can see on this map as well, but there is a big lake there, and that is called Lake Neath. And apparently when this giant scooped up the earth, it filled with water and formed this lake. And it's the largest lake in the British Isles today, Lake Neath. So, the... Yeah, so the Fey. I want to talk a little bit about the Fey. Um... The Isle of Man's got loads of little weird creatures, but the Fae are quite prevalent, and they're quite prevalent throughout the British Isles. You guys have yeah. come I across them, haven't you? Yeah. The Fae are quite popular in all folklore yeah. cultures, yeah. but... Yeah. There's always, like, small, mischievous yes. things. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they've been misrepresented, because, uh, especially in pop culture, when yeah. you see fairies, they're, like, cute, sparkly things. Yeah. But no, 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 no. In folklore, they're not. They're <laughs> terrifying. So it's... But I think everywhere has their own Fae. Yeah, mm. they do. And, like sort of like the leader of the Fae and like the leader of the people was Manannan. Now, everyone thinks that the Isle of Man is named after like, oh, is it all full of men? And it's like, Is no. it raining men? It's not all men. Not all men. <laughs> uh, not <laughs> not all, all men. men. Hashtag not joke, all men. Joke, 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 joke. I, mm. um, so yeah, Manannan, he, 
He's kind of like this. He's, the, he's called the son of the sea. That's what his name translates to. And his father is called Leah. And Leah is the primordial sea god. Mananin kind of is like, he's the god king. He rules over the island. He watches over it. And he, he does appear in other um, folk tales and folklore um, around the British Isles and like Gaelic tales as well. He's quite prevalent. And he's always portrayed as kind of like this wandering wizard throughout the UK. And there's some who say he is actually a precursor to Merlin. Merlin was inspired by, nice. by Mananan. And he's this big protector. And he does this by two ways. The first way is with mist. He will basically roll mist out onto the sea to hide the island from invaders or anyone he deems inappropriate to come to the Isle of Man. He's very protective in that way. His second ability is more around this idea of illusion, I guess, and like glamour magic. So he can have like one man on his castle walls, but he can make that one man look like 100, which is obviously quite intimidating if you're coming to invade. And the next, this next tale that I'm going to talk about kind of highlights that in that Mananin's out on the hills. Hang on one second. Yeah, have a sip. Very different to podcasting at home <laughs> with the blanket over your head. Um, and a bottle of wine and, and a straw. And a bottle of wine and a straw, absolutely. So Mananin is out patrolling the hills and he's kind of like surveying the land and just seeing what's what. And he sees this Viking longship pull into this mouth of a river. Obviously not pleased. And he transforms into this symbol here. This is called a Triskelion, and it's a very ancient um, Celtic symbol. And to be honest, we're not too sure what it means. A lot of Celtic symbolism is a lot of speculation and, and guesswork. We, it's simply lost in time. We don't know what it means. We do think that each leg does symbolize like um, birth, death, rebirth, and that sort of like cycle. So that's what we think. And this is actually the Manx flag, the, the red backdrop with this three legs of man on it. That is our, our national flag. So he transforms into this symbol and essentially rolls down the hill to the river where these Vikings are coming up. And he grabs some rushes and breaks the rushes up into the river. And as he does so, each piece transforms into a huge ship filled with men armed, screaming, ready for war. And the Viking longship obviously sees this and gets out of there and thinks, do you know what, maybe not today. So off it goes. To listen to the rest of the show, head over to Honey and the Hex on whatever platform you're listening to and check out their episode called The Isle of Man with the Mage's Well. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.